This is Bobby Harris from Cleveland, Georgia. I am the camp director. From mile marker 14 on Highway 129 in Cleveland, Georgia, it's the Coleman Chronicle Podcast. Coleman Chronicle Podcast. Welcome to the final summertime episode of the Coleman Chronicle Podcast, a series of podcasts looking at all the great things going on during the summer of 2015 at URJ Camp Coleman. My name is Steve Zalanka, and I have been your host for this series of podcasts. I hope you've enjoyed all of them. Today is a very special episode for me and hopefully for you, and we're going to feature three people who are currently very important to Camp Coleman who have been important to the history of Camp Coleman and people that mean something to all of us. You're going to hear from Bobby Harris, from Nellie Ward, and you're going to hear about Malka Altman. So let's not waste any more time. Today's podcast starts off with uh, some more of the conversation that I got to have with Bobby Harris when I visited Camp Coleman during first session this summer. He and I had been talking for over a year about uh, camp, about my cancer fight, and getting me involved with camp again. And Bobby really uh, inspired me with his enthusiasm that he still had about Camp Coleman. And I got a chance to ask him about it again so I could share it with all of you while I was at camp this summer. He gave me some really great thoughts about camp, about a lot of the changes that have happened at camp, about alumni and about a lot of the important places and people at Camp Coleman. So let's start off today's final podcast of the summer with more of my conversation with our camp director, Bobby Harris. They paid paradise and put up a parking lot I am here with Bobby Harris, the director of Camp Coleman. And just as a side note, many of you know, my last summer at camp was 1992, the very first summer that Bobby Harris was director of Camp Coleman. It's great to be back, Bobby. It's great to have you back, Steve. Thanks for taking the time to come and do this podcast program. It's my pleasure. You've been director now for... This is my 24th at Coleman. I have to say, and I want to get this on record, when you and I started talking at the end of last summer, the one thing that struck me was the amount of enthusiasm and passion that you still have after all these years of being here. Tell me about how excited you are, how passionate you are about this place now, even though it's been 24 years. I have to tell you, Steve, that I could really pinpoint that to the summer of 2009. It was a life-changing year for me here at Camp Coleman Mm -hmm. because that was the year, if you remember, that they now refer to at Coleman as Swine 09. And there we were on the about-to-open camp, 
and we couldn't open camp because we had a couple dozen staff members who needed to be quarantined and isolated and we couldn't open camp to 400 campers because we had no place to put them so the night before camp opened we actually had to get on the phone and call 400 different campers and tell them and some of these calls came in at midnight 1 a.m that we're not going to be opening tomorrow and that ended up being not just tomorrow, but ended up being all session. Not all summer, but the first session ended up being canceled. So I had the experience of actually not seeing Camp Coleman B. That was something that was so eye-opening because I really got to experience what it would be like if there weren't Camp Coleman. And then I had to wake up to the fact that at the end of the summer, About 350 campers who were signed up were not here, did not have, did they go to other camps? Did we lose that many campers? And I knew my work was really cut out for me and I knew that the camp staff for all of us, because one thing I'll tell you, it's just not about me. It's about the whole team. And I'm talking about staff, I'm talking about camp committee, I'm talking about people all throughout that really care about this place, the rabbis, the cantors, the educators, All of us had to come together and figure out what we were going to do. But to actually, you never know what you've got until it's gone. Mm -hmm. To actually live that, I lived that. And that reawakened me. And I I had to really be innovative, creative, energetic to get Camp Coleman back. So it was really a marker period for me, a marker year. And I realized that each year, is like that. We have to look at each year like that. And that's what I think where the passion comes from, knowing that you lost something and how precious it becomes. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, get your comments on, and we've talked about it actually since I've been here. I know I was away from camp for a long time, 15 years since I had been here. And obviously there have been changes and new things and new facilities and new buildings and stuff like that. And I think one of the things that we've talked about and a message that I want to make sure we share with all of the people who know and love Camp Coleman, but especially the alumni, the people who you know came here and are so passionate about this place, is that the facilities may change. There may be new things. There may be different things. But everything that we as alumni got out of camp, the relationships, the friendships, the experiences, the wonderful memories, that is all still happening today with the kids here at camp. And being here for the last four days, it's very obvious that the campers are having an amazing time. The staff is having an amazing time working with the kids and working together. And everything that I got out of camp, these kids and these staff members are still getting out of camp. So talk for, I know I just talked about it for a second, but you talk about that same idea because I think it's an important one. I think, Steve, you, you know, I could kind of put into one or two sentences what you said for me Mm -hmm. that the names the faces and the buildings may have changed Mm -hmm. the names of the units changed and grew whatever but the mission of the camp never changed well actually in 62 and 63 it did have a different mission it was a high school camp it was safety camp and 64 too and then in the middle of 64 it became a junior camp and rabbi merle singer was the first program director from Boca Raton. Mm-hmm. Or, no, he ended up getting a job in Boca Raton. He was from Minnesota, an HUC student, came down and helped. The point that I'm making is 
that the mission has always been the same, to unite Jewish kids from throughout the Southeast in a place that's a camp, to have a great time, make friendships, and learn about their religion, their history, and their heritage. And that's exactly what we were doing in the 60s, and that's exactly what we're doing today. Absolutely. You definitely said it clearer and better than I did. But uh, but I tr- but being here, I can see for myself that it's true. That's, so. that's, that, well, that, you know, that means a lot because, you know, alumni can be critical mm-hmm. and alumni can also, you know, a lot of times they want it to be the way it always was, but nothing's the way it always was. Yeah. You know, there was an alum that came to the 50th reunion and she shared with me a really beautiful story or dream that she had, nightmare actually. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful little moment. She said, you know, that Coleman had always been her precious place, like a pristine place that she kept in, in her memory from her youth mm-hmm. and her childhood. And, you know, so many things change and so many things get tarnished. And she looked back and she just was praying when she came to the 50th that there wasn't a McDonald's at Coleman. <laughs> That commercialism and sort of the all of the business and all of the material stuff, the unnatural stuff, could have crept into Coleman. It was nice to hear her say that, you know, still she had the same feelings walking around the lake and looking at the mountains mm-hmm. and sitting on the ad building porch, mm-hmm. that it was still the same feelings. Yeah. Please! You don't know what you got till it's gone. To be paradise, put up a fucking lie. And now they pay paradise to put up a fucking lie. I think, as far as alumni go, there's a phenomenon that's happening now that's never happened before to this degree at Camp Coleman. And that is the number of alumni that are now sending their children here. Because that happened in the past. I don't want to say it didn't. But I've never seen anything like what I saw the pictures of last year and what I've seen this year with the number of alumni. And I think that sends an incredible message about the powerful feelings that the alumni not only had about camp, but how good they feel about it today. Yeah, I would concur. And looking at those pictures and seeing the numbers, what a great thing that we have Camp Coleman and that it was that place that brought out the best in mm-hmm. the generation that preceded us, or maybe even the generation before that. Mm-hmm. And it's bringing out the best in people today. Yeah. And so many people, you know, that's their favorite Jewish. If I ask people to draw a picture of the place where they feel most Jewish and most safe and most inspired Jewishly, most of the people I think from the 80s and the 70s that I know, the early 90s, they draw what we now call the Hillman Chapel. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Like they love looking at that lake. I don't know if you feel that way. Absolutely. Is that your place? I don't know. What would be your place? Would it be at Coleman? I have two places for me. One is definitely the Hillman Chapel. For some reason, there was something about that space in camp that was very special and it always resonated with me and the fact that it was named for Rabbi Hillman who was one of the most incredible inspirational people ever 
gives it a whole new level of meaning for everyone of my generation of camp because we love that place anyway. But the fact that it's named after that person just adds to it. That's awesome. And the other is, for me personally, it's the Brody Center because when I was a snot-nosed counselor here at camp, I had the balls to go to Alan Solomon who offered me the chance to run Maccabiad for the first time. And I told him, I will do it under one condition. Bring back the plaques. And not only bring them back, but you have to display them somewhere in camp. And you have to do them all the time, every year. So wait, there were plaques before 89? You said bring back the plaques. I don't know about that. There used to be plaques that they used to do for Maccabiad. But they did them and basically threw them away. Mm. So I said, I loved doing the plaques when I was a kid, when I was a team captain. I said, bring back the plaques and display them in camp and do them all the time. Wow. I see ones up there from 90 and 91, too. Yeah. I think there have been, I think there's a continuous stream from 89. Yep. Um, there are some that I think, like, uh-huh. fell apart. That yes. you That might be why yeah. they're not there. Yes, yes. But they, they were done and they just didn't hold up. But yeah. almost all of them, and you know what we're doing with them now. They're just yeah. like out of control. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's cool that you brought them back. Yeah. I didn't even know that, that history. I thought, I don't even know, like, was there Maccabiah every year that you were at camp as a camper? Yes, there was Maccabiah every year. Cool. So for me, walking into the Brody Center, it's, wow, look what this tradition, and it's still there, and it reminds me that... No matter what goes on here at camp, it's still the same place, the same great place like we talked about before for everyone. Because even though some people might think that there's no tradition and there's no things like that, that's physical proof that there is. And the fact that I had a hand in it, it does make it feel very special for me. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear how you feel about Rabbi Hillman as well. And and that with that place, the name, I mean, you know, think about it. We have, you know, now we have the Hamburger Lodge. Mm-hmm. the founders of Coleman, mm-hmm. one of the founding families. We've got the Hillman Chapel. We have the Eli Sheva. We have the Camp Jenny Lounge. Mm-hmm. So these are, are places that are all people that preceded my being here. Mm-hmm. And how special it is for me to have learned their stories and to understand what they meant to the camp and the people that were in the camp mm-hmm. and to learn from their their stories and that now those stories are being passed down to this current camp generation. I mean, mm-hmm. the children have learned about Elisheva, Rabbi Joey Hessel, who is her best friend, was here this year, talked, and then some of the campers, it was her yard site, talked all about her and what it meant and so that's 25 years ago that she passed away and yet that that name and that love that she had for camp is never to be forgotten mm-hmm. so it's really nice to be able to preserve these memories and to use them as blessings for the future generations <laughs> session, Bobby told me that I had pretty much free reign to go around and talk to people and see what was going on at camp. And really, 
put together a lot of great information for all of you about what's happening at camp. And one of the great things that I got to do while I was there is spend some time with someone who's very important to me, who's had a huge influence on my life at Camp Coleman. I got to spend a little bit of every day that I was at camp with her. After much persuasion, she agreed to let me record a conversation with her. So I am very proud and honored and excited to present to you all my conversation with the one and only Nellie Ward. We all know and love her, and she's such an important part of camp for so many of us. And I thought it was important to share her story with all of you and let you hear from her. So here is my conversation with my friend and your friend, Nellie Ward. I want to start before you were at Camp Coleman. Yeah. Have you lived your whole life here in North Georgia? My whole life in White County. In I what? was born here in White County. Lived here all my life. Raised yeah. my family here also, and they're also here. Before you worked at, you started working here, what were you doing? I worked at Truett McConnell College for about seven years in the kitchen. Oh, okay. You were in the kitchen there? Mm-hmm. Now you went to school here, and you went to... I went to... to school in White County, yes. My children rode the same school bus I rode. Wow. The same driver. Are you living in the same house you always lived no, in? No, no, no. Basically in the same area, but mm. maybe a few miles from, you okay. know, each, each way. Okay. Now it's not that far from camp, is it, where you live? About a mile. So how did you end up hearing about Camp Coleman all those years ago and getting the job here? Well, I knew Theron Thomas. Mm-hmm. He needed somebody to work, so he asked me, and I came to work. And what did you do when you first started working here? did housekeeping, mm-hmm. and maintenance, yeah. and in 1983, I started doing the weekends. Mm-hmm. And in 86, I think, I started working in the kitchen with Lunell and, mm-hmm. and her crew. And you've been in the kitchen ever since? Yeah. I also do housekeeping and uh, all that stuff during the year, too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other jobs that you do, or is this, not this now, is not now anymore? I used to on weekends, or when I wasn't working here, I would go somewhere else. But okay, right now I don't. Really but it's your full time job. It's a full time job. And it's been full time ever since you started, or did it kind Every of? Turn- ten, well, I worked about ten months out of the year. Mm-hmm. But then after I started week doing weekends, it was a little bit more than that because mm-hmm. I'd have to come back and work when we had weekends. And then, um, ever since 1990, I've been working pretty well in the kitchen and whatever. Okay. And then, uh, 2000, I started on full-time. That's when I started full-time. Gotcha. Now, obviously, you do, you know, you do a lot of cooking around here. What What are your other responsibilities now? What do you do? The ordering well, the food? Tell, tell me about some of the, your responsibilities. Here in the kitchen, during the summer, I, I order all the food. Mm-hmm. I take care of... The problems with the staff, mm-hmm. my staff. I have to try to keep everybody happy, and I have to make sure that uh, the housekeepers and and all of them have the cleaning supplies and the the you know all that stuff that they need. Okay. And during the year, I do cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Like when we have weekend, I used to do mm-hmm. all the cabins, everything. I mm-hmm. used to do everything. I don't do all that much anymore because it's hard, too hard for me to do by myself. Mm-hmm. But. 
I do all the cleaning after the weekend groups and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I do during the year. And do you come up with the menu for the for the meals, or is that a... no? They now they do it themselves. I mean, like Amy or Andy's one made these meals mm-hmm. menus. I used to do it, but not more. Okay. And I'm kind of happy I don't have to do it anymore. That's good. Yeah. But sometimes I switch it around and. Now, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is. The cooking and the food here at camp yeah. is still the same. And I say, well, Nellie's still here. So are you still doing things here in the kitchen the same way you always have? As pretty far much as the, the same. The it's same recipes, the same. the same processes? Pretty much the same way, yeah. I guess if it's working, you're going to keep change it. it. Yeah. I figure after all these years, you're probably not going to change much. Now, I have to ask about this stuff because so many of us have such a passion for your cooking. Yeah. How come you can make Apple Brown Betty for 500 people and it is still world class and every time I've ever tried to make it in my kitchen, it's never the same? It's the love. Yeah? The love. Because I would put your Apple Brown Betty that you served to camp to everyone up against any dessert ever. Yeah. It's the love? Yeah, it's the love. That's what keeps... Keeps me making everything. Yeah. Because I love to do it. I love mm-hmm. to please other people. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Well, I think you've put a lot of love into a lot of that. I know you're Apple Betty, your fried chicken. <laughs> That's why everyone talks about it is because they, they love it too. Yeah. Now, I do have to add, there's one, one other thing I do want to ask you about. Some of my favorite memories of camp were the years back in the 80s when I used to come up to camp early mm-hmm. to help set up. Mm-hmm. And there'd be a handful of people here, mm-hmm. and you would cook for the small little group of us, and we'd sit in the break room in the back of the old kitchen and eat and eat together, and just talk. And we'd be here for weeks before mm-hmm. anyone showed up. I just loved that feeling of just that small group of us here at camp, and you were like mom for us because you took care of us now, while we were here. That was really great too, and it's really that's when you get to know people. Mm-hmm. It's when they come in a small group like that. And yeah. that's how I got to know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a guy here that did ropes and, and two Israelis mm-hmm. who would come back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted was chocolate chip cookies. I mm-hmm. knew exactly what they wanted when they come back. Yeah. So I got them a chocolate chip cookie dough and made them some chocolate chip cookies. They sat in the room in there and ate, and they were happy. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, I've told people for years... You know, who love your your cooking. I said, you haven't tried Nellie's cooking until she's cooking for, like, you. A few people. For yeah. five people. Then it's a whole different world of yeah, of food. And I always, that's one, it's one of my favorite memories of camp. It's just that those times when it was just a small group just of us. Just a few people, yeah. And it was just us. No one else here. It was like it was our camp, and we just did our thing. And you took care of us. Yeah. But what's amazing is that whether you're, you cook for five people... And it's great. You cook for 500 people, and people still love it. Yeah. How do you make that work? Cooking I don't know. It's just something that comes natural, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something I've learned over the years. I think it's very unique that. I've had it, other people tell me that too. That most I'm not a chef, mm-hmm. but a lot of people says that most chefs couldn't do what I do. I think you're right. Most chefs would, you know, make for. You know, much fewer people. They have to make a few things a day. You have to make this 
one thing for 500 people yeah, and, they and make it. A lot of people can't figure out how know how much to buy, how much to do, and, mm-hmm. and do it for that many people. But it just comes natural to do, to do it. this i believe you have spent more years here at camp coleman than anyone probably so how does that feel well it feels really great because i've met so many great people here mm-hmm. so many people i care about as if they were my own family mm-hmm. and i love the camp also that's mm-hmm. why i stay yeah it's it's so unique to see someone committed to this so long you must have a love for it i do mm-hmm. You must have a love for it. And a love for the people. Yeah. That's the most important thing that keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And seeing all the people come back that's been here for years. Mm -hmm. And they always come back to see me. Yeah. And now some of them are bringing their children back to camp. Well, you and I have been talking this weekend while I've been here. Yeah. And one of the things we've talked about a few times is the fact that you're all over Facebook. (laughs) And you're all over social media. And I know you're not into social media in no, any I'm way. Not. You don't do any of it. But you see, everyone wants to post a picture with you. How yeah. does that feel? It's great. It's yeah. really great. But you are. You're a social media star. <laughs> everyone has to get a picture Everybody with you. Everybody tells me that, but I don't, you know, I don't see any of it, so I don't know. We'll have to put together something to, to, so you can see all the pictures. I remember take. one time, though, that for my birthday, Todd Gordon, uh, a lot of people emailed him and he printed it out and brought it to me it was a lot Mm -hmm. oh yeah a big page oh yeah obviously in 37 years you've seen a lot of changes here you know from having the new you know going from the old dining hall to the new dining hall the new some of the new facilities here uh multiple different directors stuff like that what's changed for you or is it still the same it's still the same the kitchen here is much bigger and Mm -hmm. and more modern and and probably nicer. Mm-hmm. I still love the old kitchen. That was a really unique place. I still love the old kitchen. It was home to me for so many years. Yeah. But I go over there now and I love the art center, but I can't help but walk behind the fireplace and it's just... Yeah, it's it's still... It was a special place because you got to know everybody over there. Here in this kitchen, you don't know everybody like you used to. You know, mm-hmm. you don't see everybody much. Mm-hmm. But everybody came through there at some point. Yeah. And you knew all the rabbis and all the people. And yeah. now it's getting a little bit better here because sometimes I get a chance to go out there and I mm-hmm. maybe meet other people. But You've pretty much done things the way you've always done them yeah. here in the kitchen. So I guess you're, despite all of the changes that have happened over the decades here, you're just going to keep doing things the way you're doing it. It's the same. I will. The same. Yeah. Yeah. Now what religion are you? A Baptist. Okay. And what's it been like working for... Jewish camp for all these years. I'm curious. Well, it's been good working with the Jewish mm. people. Faith that they have don't bother me any because it's not that much different than what I believe in. Okay, that's interesting. Now, you've told me, and I've seen many times, you're not the only fa- uh, family member who has come and helped out here and worked no, here. No, my daughter mm-hmm. works here with me in the weekends. Yeah. My sister works with me in the weekends sometimes. I've had my granddaughter to work. And Dusty, my grandson, came mm. here and... As a child, 
mm-hmm. from the time he was five yeah. and played. And he met a lot of people who he cares a lot about also. Mm-hmm. And he went with me to Israel. Yeah. I'm sure that was fantastic. It was to fantastic him. for him, too. I know you've met a lot of great people and you've done a lot of great things, but I know one of the things that was most meaningful for you and for camp was sending you to Israel. Tell me about that trip in 2005. Anyway. It was the greatest trip that I have ever taken in my life. It was really great to see all the places, to be with all the people, mm-hmm. and I would go back in a minute Absolutely. if I had a chance. Yeah. And I have many, many friends over there that I feel that if I wanted to go back again, all I would have to do is buy me a plane ticket and go. I could stay as long as I want to. Yeah. And I really feel that. I know that I could. I know that there was a huge group of people, former staff members, that, met that, you, know, that met you over there. With their arms stretched out. Yeah. Ready to give us a hug. It yeah. was really, really great. Really great. Could you ever expected? No. That you would end up getting a chance to go to Israel? No, I never would have. Now you said you want to go back, you'd love to go back. I would you know? go back, yeah, but yeah. I might not ever get a chance because I wouldn't leave my husband now and go because of his mm. age. But it was really, especially because you're not Jewish, but working here at a Jewish camp and hearing all about Israel for all of these years, it just must, it, you know, seeing all the sights there must have been so exciting for you. It was, and... It is a great place to be, not only for Jews, but mm-hmm. for Christians or anybody who yeah. wants to go there. I mean, that's where all life begun, I think. And that's where it will probably all begin, I mean, all end as we know it now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's a very spiritual, a very great place. Bobby for a long time. Yeah. How's it been? He's been really, uh, really good to me. Yeah. I think maybe in the beginning he didn't understand exactly what I did, so, you know, mm. but after that, I've always had to work. He's always saw I had the work I needed to do and mm-hmm. and to, to make the money I needed to, you know, to be able to come back every year and not get a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He's always he's always been nice to me. I could not say anything bad about Bobby. Yeah. I love Bobby. What about the uh, the staff here that you work with now? I, I know and <clears throat> Andy was here for a number of years, and now Amy's here. What do you think of the some of the, the senior staff that you work with? Never had any problems with any of them. I mean, they're all okay to me. All, all of them treated me well. Now, how are you doing I'm physically? Doing I knew, I mean, I know in the past you've had you know problems with your hips, and yeah, I've had a lot and of. I know your whole like left side you had problems with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But physically, you hold it up pretty well I'm now. I'm okay now. Yeah. 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 Now, one of the things you know, obviously, we we've talked about a lot, and you've talked about a lot, is all the people that you've had a chance to see and that have come to see you, and and have been important parts of your history here at camp, stuff like that. I want to start by talking about one of them because we've had some interesting conversations about her, uh, Malka Altman. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of her? She was a very great person, very mm-hmm. sweet lady mm-hmm. that I loved very much mm-hmm. and was very, very sad when that happened to her. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy I got to see her last summer for the last time, but I was happy. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and worked with her many years, and yeah. she was always really sweet to me. Yeah. Always. Yeah. She'd be dear to my heart. Yeah. Forever. She was always thinking about everyone else besides herself, and making sure everyone else was happy. Was, yes, she was. Was good. She really cared about everyone. Yeah, that is very true. And it didn't matter if you were a small boneem camper, or yeah. the director. Or you worked in the kitchen or whatever. Yeah, she was always there for you if you needed her to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah. How long are you going to keep doing this? I don't have any idea. Mm -hmm. Hopefully a few more years. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Okay. Would you know what to do with yourself if you were coming here every day at 6 in the morning? <laughs> no, not really. It would mm -hmm. take a long time to get unwound from all this. Mm -hmm. So I hope a few more years at you're least. You gonna go retire to the beach somewhere? Uh, of course not. <laughs> well, you've it. you've been here your whole life. I, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna I'll spend your stay, whole life. Here. I'll stay here. Yeah. Take you care of my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren. You're not gonna go retire to Israel or no, something like well, that. Well, they probably wouldn't let me go that long. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't want me to go. All my grandkids <laughs> wants to go with me. They want me to take them. Well, let me ask you. You've been here in White County in North Georgia your entire life. And there's so many things that I find interesting and beautiful and unique about this area. What is special and unique about White County for you, having been here your whole life? I mean, I was just, I've just been here all my life, and I just don't want to go anywhere else. It's the only place you've, place you've ever I've, called home? Yeah. And I just like the mountains. I like, I like to just live and not close to nobody and, mm -hmm. and all that. So, you know. Except your family. You Except my close. family. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the fact that you've got your whole family here with you. That's really great because, you know, I can see them when I want to and they're not that far away. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe 30 minutes is the most away that any of them are. That's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. That you've you've built your you've had you've built you've lived your whole life here and now your family's here and everyone that means something to you, you are still here. is all here. That's pretty unique yeah. and pretty special. Yep. And I've got a big family. Yes, you do. You showed me the the pictures from the wedding. You've got a huge family. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, you. You must be quite proud. I am proud of them. I'm very. They're. I'm very blessed. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of money, but I'm a very rich woman. Yes, you very are. Rich. Yes, you are. I guess the final thing. Imagine that you're talking to all of the people who've come through the doors here in the kitchen at Camp Coleman and all the people you've known here at staff. What would you say to all of them? I would just say I'm very happy that I've been here and met all of them, and I love everybody very much. What an incredible woman, and it was so great to be able to share her story with all of you on this podcast. To wrap up this edition of the Coleman Chronicle podcast and all of the summertime episodes, I couldn't end without saying something about someone who was very dear to the Coleman family who we lost this past year. And that, of course, is Malka Altman, someone who for many of us was the spirit 
of Camp Coleman. And while I was at camp during first session, I got to sit down with someone who was very close with her and get some great thoughts about her. And that, of course, was Rabbi Eric Linder. He and I worked together at camp in 1992, his first summer there. And over the years after that, he worked at camp for many years and got very close to Malka. So I thought he provided a perfect tribute to someone who was very important to all of us and was very important to the history of Camp Coleman. So let's hear from Rabbi Eric Linder about Malka Altman. People say I'm crazy Doing what I'm doing They give me all kinds of warnings Save me from ruin Just give me a few words about Malka Altman. So Malka had the ruach, the spirit, that I think continues to embody this place. When we talk about compassion and friendship and the, the combination of being warm and nice but so energetic. I mean, she was, she was probably in her 50s when I was here in the 90s. Or, and, you know, I'm 41 now and... And I, I still looked her as an inspiration for having that kind of ruach. And it's interesting, one of the uh, halotzimers, I, I, you know, I, I, when I come here on faculty now, I, I do the ha-ha-hee-hee thing. And one of the halotzimers is like, did you, did you invent that, Rabbi Linder? I was like, no, my, my friend Malka Altman did, who was here for many, many years and, and inspired all of us. And, and, you know, she helped us be better counselors, you know, for people that went here as campers, I'm sure they helped. She helped with homesickness and just with everything. I mean, she was just always there. Uh, and to think that she was there for 300 plus kids, knew most by name. You felt like you were the person she was talking to, even though she had probably many other things to be busy with. Yeah. And she's one of those people that will always be remembered at this place for, for what she did. Absolutely. I think you you said it right. I think every person who ever worked with her or was a camper when she was here, when she talked to you, you felt like you were the most important person in her world for just that little bit. That's right. And, you know, you, you asked about the, the Torah cover. I remember seeing her um, at some of the reunions in the last few years, and she was so proud that I became a rabbi. And I know... That's how she was with everybody, whatever their careers were. I mean, to see so many people that were alumni of Camp Coleman be happy, balanced adults, and a lot because of this place. And she was just so proud of where everyone was in their lives. And we're, we're you know, we're all, we all take a piece of her. And it, it, it actually reminds me of a conversation I had with Nellie, who, another person who so many of us love dearly. She was saying to me, you know, I asked her, how, how do you do this? I think it's her 37th summer this year. Yeah. And she said, it's people coming back and hugging me and me knowing that I've made a difference in their lives. And people like her, Malka, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And that's why we go to Camp Coleman. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm just sitting here making the wheels Just happy. 
I dedicate this final podcast to Malka Altman, to Rabbi Andy Hillman, to Jenny Rosenthal, to Elizabeth Haar, and to all of the members of the Camp Coleman family who we have lost over the years. Your memories and lives will never be forgotten. Well, that's it for the summertime edition of the Coleman Chronicle podcast. I really appreciate all the time you've taken to download and listen to these episodes. The podcast will be returning in the off-season with a look at all the stuff that goes on after camp's over and as they get ready for next summer. So make sure you keep an eye out for those episodes. If you want to get any information about Camp Coleman, you can visit their website at coleman.urjcamps.org. You can also check out the Camp Coleman Summer Central blog at blogs.rj.org forward slash Coleman. And if you're on Facebook, check in on the Camp Coleman Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash URJ Camp Coleman. And if you're an alumni, make sure you register for the URJ Camp Coleman Alumni Facebook group. That's it. I want to personally thank Bobby Harris for working with me on this project. It's really been a thrill, and uh, it's really been great renewing our friendship over the last year. And I also want to give special thanks to Alex Glass for her efforts to help get this podcast out to all of you. Uh, It's really been great working with you as well. And I want to thank all of the staff members, the campers, and all of the people involved with Camp Coleman who took the time to be a part of this podcast. It was really a pleasure to meet all of you and to have you be a part of this. Thank you all again for listening to the podcast. I look forward to speaking to you again in the very near future. I'm out. Hey!